0: How's it going, guys? Welcome to VJV. And it's been a while since I did my last podcast. I've been doing publications and finally I got a chance to speak because you know what? There's nothing better than hearing my own voice. You know, you heard it right first on VJV. And I've got a special guest, a friend of mine who's been doing this for a long time. In fact, he says he's an over 40 developer. In fact, if Forbes had a competition, Forbes 40 over 40, he'd be in it. Right. (laughs) And he is here today on the show. Welcome, Mina Damian.
1: Thank you Ajay. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for having me on
2: dude, it's been
0: so long. I'm so glad to have you here and talking about something you haven't talked about in a long time because you've been doing a lot of different things yeah but here you are doing this yeah I, I I'll be honest I thought he won't go back to this. I thought yeah. he's gonna be washing dishes before he gets to coding or something <laughs> you know
2: you and me both man <laughs> me and you both yeah yeah so tell
0: me what made you decide to embrace it i I feel like especially i see your tweets you're embracing this value system of being this this image that you have of being a developer
1: well you know what i'm gonna follow your lead this is your podcast um you're absolutely right i would have never thought ever ever thought that i would come back to it especially after my last I mean, I, I didn't announce it. Like, I used to have this thing as part of my personality that I would do these. And I guess it's, it's not that weird. It's modern, modern humanity. Like, you, you, you announce your big decisions on social media and you talk about it with your friends on WhatsApp. and you, know, you make this big thing about it and then you do it, you know. And I don't really, I think I, I'll be honest with you. I don't really remember how I did it before I went to music school because that 2020 as you know did you know there was a pandemic in 2020 the weirdest thing (laughs) yeah dude
0: yeah i I remember lockdowns i remember masks and i remember all kinds of stuff being said
1: i mean crazy anyway so 2020 is a bit of a blur for me just because of many many things i i think i didn't do like a big I may have done like a long, you know, you know those LinkedIn posts that I hate so much. Like, I found myself, and you know that that LinkedIn tone of voice. It might have been like that, but I, I think it wasn't a public post. I may have done like a, uh, you know, when you do like a specific audience on Facebook with like a smaller group. Anyway, so I think I did something, but I just remember that in 2020 I, I got it. So also for your listeners, I, 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 I um, I. I resigned from my job I was consulting with a Stockholm company and I resigned and I was uh, I had I was applying to music school and I actually didn't get into my first program that I applied to but then the lecturers at the school said you know well how about this other program which I had not I I wanted to get into the guitarist program which I didn't get into and I was obviously I was disappointed but then they said well why don't you apply to the singer-songwriter which I did and I was really I'm really grateful they did that because I I could have given up at that point because it was such a big disappointment anyway so I, I, I got in and I remember when I got in I was like okay this is the beginning of a whole new life completely you know complete new life no looking back and you know for about a year that's what it was you know I was I, I, I mean I, I did some coding I, I remember like I had this weird moment. It was probably four or five months in. We were. I had this one class where we study um, the music of business, the business of music, business of music, and um, we were learning about how certain rights organizations calculate um, royalties based on recordings. And it was a very strange thing because the like I was learning. I was like, "Wow, this is cool," you know. And I was thinking about obviously as as a musician, and then. You know, like um, sort of like a a wind kind of coming into this ghost town in an old Western. This wind came in. It's like, how would you do this in code, man? And I'm like, where the hell did that come from? You know, I don't want to do any code. And I remember sitting like during lunchtime, I was just, I ended up writing this um, really basic like Node CLI app. I'm talking like, you know, no, nothing, not even an API, just literally a library you know and I remember one of my classmates came up to me he's like hey man what are you doing and without really thinking I was just like oh yeah I'm writing some code and he looked at me he's like what <laughs> it was it was a very it was a very ironic moment for me but um, anyway that was just uh I didn't really finish it I it's sitting somewhere in one of my my repos anyway and then, um, yeah, about halfway through the year, I realized that I can't continue with the, with the program because of money. I tried to get a job, uh, which didn't work out for me. And I really pushed myself to the absolute limits in terms of like finances and whatnot. And then last year, around July, before I went on vacation, I acquiesced. You know, I was like, okay, well, I got to go back. You know, I, I gave it a good run. I did really the best I could. and yeah, now I'm back and I'm back with a i'm I'm, I'm looking at it with I'm looking at it in a new light. so yeah,
0: yeah, I you I seem energized. That's the word. you I seem am. energized about being back in coding.
1: Now, so let me tell you a secret. Um, it's no, it's not that I'm back. It's not that I'm back. so. Let me tell you, though, let me tell you what I did, though. So when I came back to coding, for context and for your listeners, I've been coding since 2004, so that's when I graduated. And I started as a lowly, lowly webmaster. And if you are not over 30, you might not even know what that is, because <laughs> that is a, a relic of the 90s. So a webmaster used to be the dude who would upload these html files uh and write like really basic html um and that's how i started i literally was writing html and not even css I'm, we're talking this is like uh 2004 so this is most yeah this is pre-css3 so all the stuff that you know about css3 what the stuff that we t- today accept to be like oh css so i was i was i started at a time when css was basic so we were, we're, I was still actually, I'll tell you how old I am now, tables, <laughs> tables was completely acceptable when I started
2: coding, uh, table-based. Well, I'll tell you how
0: old I am. Yeah. I still remember Pascal.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> Don't flex now. I also did Pascal <laughs> in college. <laughs> anyway, my point is, my point is, so when I started out, I started out in 2004, I was a webmaster, but within about two years of my first job, I... I, I, I got into PHP. So I was, even though front end and back end didn't exist back then, that's a very modern thing, but I was a PHP developer. I became a PHP developer after a couple of years, and that was my thing for a while. So yeah, I've been in the business for a while. Um, And what happened was I came back out of necessity, out of economic utility. I just needed a job. And, you know, the circumstances that I live in just didn't allow for any other job um and that's just the way it is i accepted i had to accept reality that sometimes even if you put your mind to it and all you know all the you know instagram inspo you can think of sometimes life just not doesn't just doesn't work out that way even if you have some contacts and you know just the way it is that's life right
0: no judgment for me i mean you can build the business any way you want oh yeah it's yeah, yeah. these privileged yeah. privileged guys who push the narrative that you've got to be full-time and struggle and be this struggling artist or whatever this image is. It is complete.
1: It's a scam. Yeah, no, that's bullshit. It's bullshit. No. So, so I came back to, out of utility. I, I actually, last year, I, I, um, I did a couple of odd jobs and when the odd jobs didn't work out, I was like, okay, well, time to be, and I just turned 40. Right. And it was, you know, it wasn't a, I, I, intentionally did not make a big thing out about it about turning 40 because I felt that actually 40 was probably probably the best year of my life in terms of where I was emotionally and mentally but I was like now now I've got to put on my my big boy you know pants and like grow the the f up you know so um so I I just said okay what options do I have zero (laughs) what's the one thing that I can get tech so Time to go to back to tech. So I got a consulting job, and I was happy when I got the job. I actually got the job before I went on vacation. I went to Greece with my family, and I was happy I got a job because you know I'm sure you know Vijay that financial stress is terrible. It's not nice. You know, you're sit- sitting and wondering about you. Know, you know how it is. So I went. I went on vacation. I made a, like a very like like a final plan just to, you know, tie me over until I get my first paycheck. And then, and then I started working. And you know, the first month it was, it was a little bit of an adjustment. I'd spent like one year, you know, making music and playing guitar and performing and sitting by the piano and, you know, like just being like a real full-time artist. And suddenly I was back to like sitting in front of the, the IDE coding, you know? And I, and what I did, and this is this is and this is what I did to to bring me to where I am today I went through this process and I said to myself okay I can't I can't come back to tech with the old me you know I have to come back to it with a new mindset a new frame of mind and new everything and the thing is the feelings the old feelings and the old stuff is not gonna go away by you know I don't personally believe in like I can will anything away by my mind but I said okay but if I behave differently over time I might think differently and feel differently you know so but I mean I, I'm I have a I have a active faith and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm both religious and spiritual so I, I used the tools within my faith and I I, I, you know, I, 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 worked on it. You know, I, I said, okay, I'm going to now beh- behave in a new way. And lo and behold, within three months. So I started my job was September, not even three months, to be really honest with you. I think it was like a month and a half, about a month and a half in, I noticed that I'm, I'm like waking up. I'm ex- not excited, but I'm looking forward to work, you know? I get to work. I'm engaged. I'm learning. I'm. I don't want to cut corners. I'm starting to improve my like my. Like, I, I was never like a. Let me clarify. I was never a guy to cut corners, but I. Maybe like I wouldn't write the most. If e- e- efficient or elegant code, I would write code that works. You know. Oh, you still use go to statements? Yeah, man, Is that what of you're course. Saying? dude assembly assembly jump it's all by jump um okay. so no so i just i started to care about the code i started to think about it I, I would step back i i'm i'm a you know i'm a i'm an artist so i you know i'm in touch with my inner world and the emotions and thoughts i have a I have an active and quite established inner life you know and but the problem is as a coder it's actually useful to have that because you can think in new ways in different ways, but when you have to solve a problem, you know, we still have fight or flight, you know, when I can't figure something out, why is this thing not working? You've been debugging for like two hours, you know, your, your, your emotions are going to kick in anyway, you're going to get frustrated and you start, you know, you know, like that cat meme, the cat that's banging on the keyboard, you know? Oh, lolcats. The lolcats, yeah. exactly. And I'm like, and, and I'm, I started learning, no, let's just step back and think, okay just think and by doing that for about a month and a half I can't really tell you it was like a specific moment but I just remember there was like a week I was like there's something going on here there's really something going on here that feels very very different you know and I just kept on building on that you know I I got into uh uh a cloud platform called OpenShift. It's a Red Hat product. It's like basically it's, it's Kubernetes. It's like a wrapper around Kubernetes basically. And I got, I wouldn't say I got good at it, but I got into it. Like I really wanted to learn it and you know, and people on my team didn't, they didn't like DevOps. They hated it. And I love DevOps. I love anything to do with the command line. I'm like a old Linux, 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 Linux guy. So um, I just got into Red Hat and then I just noticed, I was, I I really felt like the first six months of this job, I was observing myself, like almost like, you know, like outside of your body and I was just kind of going, hmm, this is cool. Like what's going on here, you know, and, and that just continued. and. And then when I I think the this decision to start like a sep because I have like a lot of Twitter accounts. Don't worry, I'm not a I'm not a bot. I promise I'm a real person, but I have like I have different different Twitter accounts for different things like to keep my things separate, you know. But um when I decided to start like a programming account, like a Twitter account, I wasn't really convinced I could do it. I was like, you know, I didn't want to feign uh, interest. And at the same time, I didn't want to just like retweet i wanted to what do they call it learn publicly There's This is new thing i've been seeing it for a couple of, learning publicly you or build something. publicly build, build publicly yeah and and i was like how about i learn publicly and you know i've been around for a while so i'm not going to pretend like i'm learning the basics At the same time i'm not going to like make crap up and be like oh i'm programming a a, a kubernetes uh, a robot blah blah with a blah blah like i was just like i'm going to talk about the things that i'm working on
0: just, be just want to let you know, build publicly is what tech guys do, showing their code on GitHub. Learn publicly is what your Asian parents make you learn.
2: <laughs> wow. See, that was a good joke. It's good. <laughs> now you're even. <laughs> there we go. we are go. even. <laughs>
0: we are back, <laughs> back to zero. Great. Let's that's do good this. Joke.
1: And yeah, that's very <laughs> true. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just, you know, and... And you know also twitter now um and i think maybe just the people that i've been following or it's funny how you you start a twitter account and you just end up in a place that you didn't really like i i'm i i'm in a part of twitter right now or i'm exposed to a part of twitter it's sort of like newbie twitter people who are fairly new to coding and it's fascinating to see people start coding in 2022 with so many resources you know videos and plural site and and Twitter itself and, and YouTube and all of this stuff. And I'm like, damn, when I was, you know, I started coding in 2000 when I don't, I don't even remember, no, Stack Overflow came later. So I was, I'm pre-Stack Overflow, damn, I am old. Um, You know, and I just see like these people, you know, they're learning and they're sharing and they're talking about their fails. You know, we had daily daily WTF and, and then they've got like memes and Twitter. So it's like and i like that you know i, I also don't want to venture into more like you know I, I don't necessarily have to go and try to hang out with dan, dan um dan what's his name dan abramov the guy who uh, the guy who uh, built react yeah okay yeah anyway i don't have to go and hang out with like and pretend like yeah what's up bro like what kind of design patterns do you use like i don't have to do that either i can just so um yeah, I just started tweeting about the stuff that I'm working on. And, you know, if I wrote, if I, if I learned something new, I write a post and share it. Or, if I, you know, I try to crack like a stupid dad tech joke, you know, and, and I'm just like, I'm also not a huge tweeter, tweeterer, Twitterer. I actually, I'm not really good at Twitter, to be honest with you. Um, and I also don't like just scrolling and retweeting. I find that also a little distracting. Anyway, um... This is all in answer to your question that I can't say that I'm excited. I just have a very different focus. Um, and it's actually doing something really exciting in my life, which is it's bringing me to a. It, it actually, in a way, I feel like I'm. I can't say I'm restarting my career, but it's given my career a new lease of life. And maybe that's what you're interpreting as excitement.
0: I can answer that from my perspective as well. It's all about responsibility. You're taking the responsibility to do the things you have to do to sort your life out. And one of the biggest things is financial. And if one thing that you're good at and you're going to make money from it, that's going to help you have some sort of financial stability, you do it. And that's where you are right now.
1: Absolutely. Well said. Um, I, I have like a... He doesn't want to be called that, but I do have a mentor, an older an older guy that I talk to like, maybe You're once welcome. a month. Yeah, he's like I don't like that term. It's like okay, but <laughs> he's my mentor. I guess <laughs> he talks to me like a mentor. But you know, I was I talked to him at the last time I met him. I told him, you know, uh when was it? Yeah, it was a couple I uh, can't remember. Anyway, the last time I met him, we talked about it. And he's like, "You know, Mina, what really helped me was to separate my passion from the ability to pay my bills. And it it was Absolutely hard Sorry, agree. I Absolutely know agree. and and I tell you what I mean so for the, for listeners who don't know Vijay and I have known each other since 2008. It's a long time. That's 14 years. That's a long time. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean uh and so we followed each other's journeys, and we've seen how we've grown, and we've 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 fallen out. We've you know we've been through a lot of stuff together, and um, you know I think I I in a way I started not a trend that's so so self involved. I started let's say I I took the lead by um I don't remember now, but I think I may have started pursuing my passions first, and then you started after me. I don't remember. Were you were you doing photographs? Were you doing photo- photography when we were both at Accenture? I can't remember. Okay, this is what
0: I know. In Accenture, when we met. Yeah. That's when I started doing the jokes, and that's when you got introduced to my jokes. Remember, because yes, mate, I the, about cheap.
2: That's when the, the, the pain started.
0: <laughs> remember the pain when I when I introduced you to my first joke, yes. and, and I remember you were bawling, yes. bawling laughter, and that's when we yeah. made friends.
2: Yes, because I, I didn't know what comedy was, bro. And I I literally looked at him and said, hey,
0: you know, you can buy Jeep clothing that lasts longer than the car, you know? And that's when you're like, okay, he's my buddy
2: for life. Yes. That was a regrettable decision. That was a regrettable, it was a poor life decision. Hey, I mean, here we are. We all make poor life
0: decisions. We live with it, you know?
2: (laughs) Now I'm on your podcast, so we're we're okay. We're okay.
0: But you at that time had a full-time job, right? And of course, I was with you. We had a full-time job. But the difference was you were pursuing quite quite vigorously your film business yeah. together while you're doing consulting. That's
1: the difference. Oh, wow. Thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so, okay. So, I'm not totally off. So, when I started at Accenture, uh, I just moved back from the UK to Johannesburg. I got this job at Accenture. And I remember I was like working... I was on a tough project, I was working long hours, and then I would, I was doing like uh, videography, what was I, oh, I was doing videography for live events, Oof, that was a tough time, not easy to be a videographer, people, do not think it's easy, anyway, um, and I think that's what it started, and you know, I I believed, I'm not even going to call it the Kool-Aid, because it's not Kool-Aid, I just, it's an idea out there, and a lot of people have made it work, a lot of people haven't. And I really believe that if I work hard enough at my passion, I turn into my, I can turn into my job. And there was a lot of, at the time, even in 2008, there was a lot of support for it. You know, there's a lot of people who were, I think this was even pre-influencer. I think we were still in the blogger era, you know? And a lot of people who were making money off of the internet, you know, content or whatever. Anyway, um, the thing was, you know, pretty much from 2008, till about 2016, I spent eight years really desperately trying to make that thing work. And for me, it didn't work. And I don't think it was, it wasn't for a lack of trying. It's, it's just that I, I never had all of the things I needed all at the same time. You know, I either had the, the I had the drive and the passion, but I didn't have the, the business skills and the resources. Or later on, I didn't have the emo- emotional and mental fortitude, but I had money so I could buy equipment, but I was all over the place. So I would like, you know, not use it or something. Or I was not, a, you know, so, and, and, you know, I've realized, and I actually saw this uh, when I was watching you, Vijay, with all of like your growth as an entrepreneur and an artist, is that you started off perhaps slower, but you built it, in my opinion, better than me, you know, I went out at it like more haphazardly with a bit more gung ho pro- approach, like sort of like a, a romantic of you. It's like, I will make this work. This I am an artist and this, this will work. And you were like, no, you know, you know, man, I've got Asian parents. <laughs> I can't be crazy. <laughs> you know, I mean, I have brown parents, <laughs> right? Remember
0: public learning and building in public. Those things are happening at the same time. That's all I'm saying.
1: Exactly. So, so, and I think approach matters, you know, and how you plan for it, you know, and I also, full disclosure, I did not get my shit together financially until last year. You know, I've been practically financially batshit crazy since like my 20s, you know. And it's taken a long time to really understand the importance of financial stability, of savings, of investment, of budgeting, not just living within your means, but like living within your means so that you can invest in your future, so you can invest in your passion, so that you can, you know, have money for a medical emergency or a trip, you know, because you can't finance your life on credit cards, which is what i used to do you know i used to like like oh it's a credit card give me a credit card i will now spend and you're like yeah but pay it back i don't have the money bro you know so wow so many dialects and impressions are coming out well you know <laughs> oh well. it's all good bring it bring it
0: out bring it out if this is this is not a podcast this is an you know, audition tape let's do this
1: <laughs> yeah exactly so um um uh, people are gonna be alarmed but whatever um <laughs> no so um You know it took a long time to really really understand really understand that it's Mm. you you can't do anything you can't even to be honest with you you can't even have a full-time job and really learn from it and grow in it and excel and grow as a human being if you don't know how to manage your money you know um it's just it's just facts you know as the kids say so uh It took a while for me to realize that okay I can do whatever I want with my money and my time but I I need to have it's always got to come from a place of stability bills are paid roof over my head a direction you know things are stable as long as things are stable I can go crazy outside of the the box or the frame but I always know that I can come I have to come back to the box like you know, like Joey and the box and Chandler and friends like we have a box, you know, <laughs> we have a box. Right. So, um, yeah. Um, so now I'm I'm actually less in, like I, you know, my I know anyway. Oh, yeah. I brought this up because of my mentor. So my mentor was talking me about that. And I my initial reaction was still the kind of. There's a, still a romantic in me, but he's dying. You know, he's on life support. I think he, he'll be leaving us soon. You know, I was like, no, I will fight. And then I'm like, no, but Mina, did that really work out for you? You know, maybe this guy is right, you know. And he said that once you separate the art and the passion from paying the bills, you remove the pressure off yourself. It becomes about your passion. And then if later it becomes something great. But when you put the pressure on it, it has to pay my bills within five years or 10 years or whatever. And if you, I mean, that will only work if you can, like, you know, if you've been working at it, if, if let's say my case, if I had been like working on my music for 10 years, seriously, with a financial backing, right. And then after 10 years, I've built up a nest egg and I've got clients and I've got a studio and then, and then I go to my boss and say, bro, I'm, Hey, you know, bye. I'm going now. And I'm, I go and become a producer. That makes sense because I'm paying my bills and whatever but you know it doesn't work that you've got a job you're financially batshit and then you're like well I'm gonna be a producer like it just doesn't work that way you know and unfortunately I say this now in hindsight that's how I used to be you know so separating passion from you know I used to call it my day job and I feel that at least in my world, when I when I used to call my job a day job, it was like a pejorative thing. It's like, oh, yeah, it's a day job. You know, it's like it's not the real thing. It's just a job, you know. And uh, I know this person is very controversial, but he is really one of my modern heroes. Like Kevin Samuels talks about you've got to treat your job. You've got to treat it with respect. doesn't matter what you do. You know, he talks, he talks to a different world than mine. You know, he's, he's, a, he, he was, you know, he's, he's, he, he died recently, but he was talking to me, he talks mostly to black people, to black men. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter if you're working in Popeye's or McDonald's or, you know, at a gas station, you, but you treat your job with respect. And if you need to work three jobs, you work three jobs. And I really, I, I really binged on his videos for a while. Um, and it really taught me that I have to treat my job, my profession, and I call it today a profession because it's a profession. You know, I went to school. I've invested time and money and years, you know, into it. So it's now a profession and I'm actually half decent at it. You know, I'm not a hot shot, you know, uh, but I'm I'm good at it. You know, I can, I can do what I have to do, right? And but once- I think
0: let's change the narrative there. I think it's important to change the narrative. I know you're saying on a factual basis based on where you are mentally speaking that you you know you're not expert or you are not fully in it i think say that you are okay i am an expert in the making
1: okay
0: i'm a profession in the making i'm a
1: professional yeah well i mean look i'm i'm a professional already i've been doing it for a long time but yeah, no, I'm 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 good at it. I, I don't think I would have survived this long. I think if you were, if I was not good at it on some level, I wouldn't have survived this long. So you know, tr- that's yeah. the
0: truth. But and that's what
1: imposter syndrome is, by the way. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, today I treat my my profession with respect. I call it my profession. But when people ask me, you know. You know, when you like, when you meet somebody new and they kind of like, you know, they're they're sizing you up and figuring out like what, you know, who are you and stuff. I, I tell them the truth now. I'm like, I'm an artist, you know, and I, and I'm not saying that to be like, I'm an artist, you know, and I start, you know, doing weird stuff. I just tell them the truth. I'm an artist. I'm a musician because that's my identity. That's my calling. That's my, that's who I am in my, in my core. But when people ask me, what do you do for a living? I, I say, my profession is in tech. And today when I say that, I don't have this uh, what do you call it? this. Uh, I'm no longer torn between my passion and my profession because they live in symbiosis, right? I need like, I need both of them to live. Like I need the tech in order to live and eat and pay my bills. And I also need the music because when I only do tech, especially for a longer period of time it's like not showering or not eating well you kind of go you know like something's off you know I need to do something and then I sit like two hours in front of Logic I work on a song or I pick up the guitar and I work on a song or I sing or I jam and then suddenly I feel okay I'm back to normal I'm back to me you know so I need both and I treat both with the reverence that they deserve you know Um, and, um, you know, you and I, Jay, we come from the same kind of world, you know, brown parents and brown parents don't really like to talk about passion stuff, <laughs> passions, you know, they're hobbies, they're called hobbies, you know, hobbies.
0: Can I give you an interesting story about art? Like I I love art. That's my identity as a storyteller. Yeah. So as a storyteller, I'm learning how to do art, learning how to use the tools to tell the stories. I tell my parents this. Right. Okay, I want to work on this. It's not like I completely left it and I decided to go into the moonlight and yeah. be a struggling artist. I've been just doing it on the side. Yeah. She literally says, whatever you share in Facebook is your own. I'm not going to support it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> because. That's not your identity because she's already made the decision what I'm supposed to be. And that I understand exactly what you have, what you're going through. This is
2: the laugh. This is the laugh of identification. I totally identify.
0: And I just give you an example of learning. 100%.
1: Public. No, no. I look, I mean, recently, um, I changed my last name on, on Facebook to, um, to my, uh, my, one of my, my main project, musical project name, Shavansky, um, and i did it and this is a slight detour but i'm going to come back to tech so i promise this is relevant this is not like you know i'm not ranting you know i did it because just as i've i've gone on this very long journey to reconcile my art my my true self and my work my profession i've also been on a very long journey to accept the fact that i can be both uh like of Egyptian origin and an artist and a musician, because sometimes those two things are mutually exclusive. They, they cannot coexist, but they cannot coexist because people told us they can't, but you know, and I didn't want to make, like I said earlier, I didn't want to make a big thing out of it and be like, you know, I don't want to come out with like a crying video on Instagram saying, I just really need to do this for myself. Like, I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to, I just, I made the change. I didn't explain it. No posts, no, nothing. It. I just did it. And then a couple of weeks ago, my mom's like, oh, you changed your last name to Shabansky. I'm like, yeah, I did. She's like, oh, so are you a Shabansky now?
2: I'm like,
1: yeah, <laughs> and I just, you know, I didn't make an issue out of it. And she kind of understood that it was, she, she didn't really pry and I didn't explain and we left it, you know, and, but it was really for me to say, you know what, this is who I am. I'm putting it out there, you know, because should anybody look up, look, look my profile up, you know, and they might see my, let's say tech Twitter account. And then they find me on Facebook with a different name. Like, Ooh, what's a Shabansky? I want people to see the name, get curious, go and search, find out that I do music and then leave it. I don't want them to follow me. I mean, it'd be great if you follow me. Do follow me on Spotify and Twitter and Instagram. Um, sorry. <laughs> Shameless plug.
0: Are you plugging in? I charge for that, you know.
2: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no, no. Man, Before we continue. I'm under a thousand, man. You got to help me out. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm kidding. kidding. Before but, we
0: continue. Right. Give the details to the people where they can find you. Before oh, we continue. Give I, them your details. Come on. That.
1: Thank you. Okay. So Shibansky on Instagram is at Shabansky S-H-I-B-A-N-S-K-I underscore music with a K. I don't know why. Oh, yeah, I did that because Swedish thing, but whatever. Music with a K. And I am on Spotify Shabansky or The Shabansky, I believe. And yeah, those are two things that I'd like you guys to check out if you want to. But anyway, so that's that, that end the plug. Um,
0: Don't worry, I'll put the link in in the blog post when I publish the don't worry about it. People Very will find you. Kind
1: of you. you know, I used to, um, it used to be a problem when I used to do interviews, especially like I'd say maybe um, beginning of my thirties, when I would go and like do interviews, I was still conflicted and I was still angry and I, I hadn't really come to a place of peace about tech, you know? So when people would ask me interviews, you know, you know, tell them, tell us more about yourself. I would always, they could always, I think they could always tell that when I spoke about music and my passions and my hobbies i would light up and when i spoke about code i would wilt you know and people could see that and i remember one particular thing i think this is back in when i was still in south africa i applied to a job can't remember which one it was i applied to some job and this hr recruiter guy was like i know exactly
0: what you're saying Sorry, I know the story you told me. Did before. I tell you the story? Yeah, I think I, yeah, yeah I feel like I told you the story. Yeah, you did, but we can tell you it was like it hit, me, it hit me hard because it's something I went through, right? But yeah, say it, yeah, it's yeah.
1: exactly what so it's I be. okay. So I don't really remember, um, guys, but I think it was something like I did an interview, and I think at the time I was starting to write on medium, I was start. I was going through like an artistic, um, sort of like a, re- like a renewal period, and I was writing poems and stories, I was really going through like a big thing, and I was applying for a job and the recruiters, um, I think it might've even been like either the screening or the first interview. He's like, oh yeah, we did a Google search on you. And wow, you're really active on the internet. And with like a certain condescending tone, I'm like, "Uh, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, we found like, and and he said this next part with like a pause. And then like, he was like, you know, disgusted. He was like, we found like music and poems. (laughs) <laughs> and I got so angry. I think I turned the job down, or I think I don't remember what it was. But I remember telling Vijay and our other friends yep, on our WhatsApp. That's the account,
0: one. It it stayed with me. That's the, exactly the one. And yeah,
1: and and you know, it's a common problem. And I think in general the culture is shifting a little bit. Like people care less now about what you do outside of work. But this was like um, you know this is like the tens, maybe the mid tens. And this was still important, you know. People would, would like, you know, it would they would research you on social media, make sure that you're not like, you know, into like a heavy partier or you wrote stuff about your boss, you know. And I was very open. I had lots of stuff on the internet, um, you know. And I remember I was very angry, very because uh, I felt deeply judged by this dude, you know. But what was really going on, if I'm very honest with myself, is that I was still not totally at peace with who I was, which is I'm in tech. And, you know, but what I used to do before, and this is is actually also a really interesting thing that's happened. I used to say before, um, I I, I am a musician, but I work in tech. And you know in grammar, when you say, but, it means that whatever comes after the but is actually the more important thing, right? And whatever comes before the but is negative, right? And what i found i think it was actually an intentional decision perhaps when i started this new job last september i would say and you know i am i'm a i'm a, I'm a co I, it didn't even matter because now and becomes like a conjunction you know there's there's it doesn't it doesn't um it doesn't judge both sides of the conjunction right it just it's just it just connects things right so i would say oh i am musician, and I work in tech, or I am my profession is in tech, and I, I do music, you know. Um, and once I started to make those very sm- I mean, we're talking these are like lexical things, right? These are small things that you say, but it's very, it's fascinating how these little things, these little changes that I, I made in my language and the way I spoke, that would bring about huge changes in my behavior. Because even today, like I, you know, like when I did interviews and when I would do interviews, you know, I can comfortably say now, oh, you know, yeah, music is my passion. When I say music is my passion, I'm not, I'm not like saying it's less than tech. At the same time, I'm not lying to the interviewer by saying it's my passion because it is my passion. Now, they don't need to know my long term plans, you know, my 20, 30, 40 year plan, but they just need to know that I care about something outside of work. But I also equally, I equally care about the tech. You know, I care about the code that I write. I care about the projects I'm involved in. I care about the coding standards. Um, and I don't care, you know, there's like this kind of, there's a little, sometimes you'll, you'll come up to like this, uh, you know, a little prejudice in the tech community. Do, do we say tech community? Tech world? Whatever. Uh, you're like, you know, oh yeah, these tech old bros. people, tech bros, you know, bro, like, you know it there's was. like yeah the younger guys like yeah man all these older guys they just really care about like tabs and spaces and you know what yeah we the, us older people we used to be batshit you know we used to have flame wars right back in the day over flame Van, wars oh, those were the days those were the days you know you'd seriously like people would kill like they would ruin each other with words right this is pre-doxing right um but you know now like i really have become pretty agnostic in most things i The only thing that I still feel strongly about is like Vim and Emacs. I'm still a Vim guy, but I'm not going to like hate. I'm not going to like slash somebody's tires because they use Emacs. I'm just be like, "Eh, don't like it, you know, but I still care about, you know, for example, when you're working on a project, even if it's a two man project, you know, tabs and spaces, it matters. It's not a nerd thing. It matters because when you are working with Git, right, and you're working on a, even a fairly straight, like a straight ahead application, you know, we're talking, I don't know, a couple hundred files, a couple thousand lines of code, right? It matters when, you know, you've checked in with, let's say I work with spaces, I prefer spaces, right? And the other guy doesn't care for whatever reason and was, you know, works with tabs and you go through the PR and it's like, what is this Picasso of code? Like things are just all over the place. And it's like, I'm not being pedantic. I just care that we follow the same standards so that we don't have to spend an extra two hours on a Friday, you know, the classic, an extra two hours on a Friday, 4 p.m., figuring out why is it that the code looks like, you know, alphabet soup, you know. So that might be like, a. I I used to, I I also used to play into that kind of stereotype of the grumpy older guy, like, hey, we need to standards i hate you you know like sort of like think of cartman if cartman became a programmer and he was old and he, was, he just brought that energy into like a tech project you know like that and and now i don't do that but you know i care you know i care about and i care about it just because i am i have i one of my values in my work is is integrity and quality you know maintaining a high as high as a standard for quality as I can right so that means that I've got a i have got to I care about the code I write it's not just about it works you know because that's you know even in 2022 lots of guys who say yeah man but it works like doesn't matter it works bro come on come on man it's it's old you know I've been I feel like I've been talking for like a year but um (laughs) but my point is um yeah like now i I do care and and i care about it just like uh i don't know let's take a simple example i care about it like a wait a a barista cares about the craft of making a coffee you know they they want to give you a good coffee and even if the coffee beans are not great and maybe the employer is not great but if they give you a good cup of coffee because they followed the recipe and they've, you know, they've got, they've done the training, they got the experience, and they really care. Then you're gonna, even if the beans are not great, even though I don't even know what bad beans are like. But you know, you can say you know, this person really put their heart into this work because they care about the work, and um, that's that's been another one of my many many blessings and you know gifts of this journey is that I care about my work today. You know, I, you know. I try to write good code, you know, good be not here. I don't, I don't mean subjective, like good for me means, you know, fulfills the requirements, uh, it's easy to read and then, uh, somebody else can come in and not just read it, but understand it, you know, like not just like, Oh, variables are well, whatever, like, Oh, okay. I can see what you're doing here. Oh, this is, Oh, okay. I get it. You know? And then also very important although depends on where you are but like you know the tests like it has unit tests and it doesn't break you know it doesn't break something else and whatever and that's what today what i aspire to be good code you know i i i i know a few people who say like yeah but if you can write it in like three lines that's really good or if you do some crazy optimization with blah 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 i i was never that kind of coder you know i just like to I just make sure that, you know, it works, it's it's written in an elegant way, it's readable, it's understandable, and also later if we need to refactor it, that I, I don't, you know, curse the, the, the uterus that birthed the guy who wrote the last, you know, the, the guy who wrote the last version, because sometimes you go refactor somebody else's code, it's like, what in the hoot and holler is going on here? It's like, I don't know, you know, so not heard your voice in about three years so please say something are you dead oh i'm listening <laughs> okay i'm right here guys
0: damn bro. ladies and gentlemen i am still awake this wow. has been a long long that chat that was
2: a very long answer Jeez. The, the, the original podcast seven hours the, the final product 10 minutes <laughs>
0: that's it that's how you edit it out basically Everything. once it's i like... once i do a podcast i just edit out the guest and you just hear my voice only
2: <laughs> exactly that's the podcast like, hi my name is vina you talking bye Bye. (laughs) ultimate passive aggressive right
0: now that you're into it and coding i'm gonna ask some professional questions because i'm also would like to find out the future sure number one right you're passionate about music and you happen to be a professional coder great how's it going to merge in the future where do you see it going where these two fields become one
1: I would like to start by sharing something that I stumbled upon yesterday which is perhaps a um, strange way to answer begin to answer your question but I just find it I found it fascinating. I was clicked on Oh, I was lis- listening to Demi Lovato's new album which is really really good. I'm not a big fan of her music but her new album is like it's good. Anyway, so I, I was scrolling through a Spotify and I go I, I I go all the way down like in the Spotify app. I look at the there was like a link it's like merch i'm like oh okay merch but then it's like they were selling a cd i'm like what (laughs) wait 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 hold on why is spotify selling cds that is just like i don't know that's like um i don't know like a drug dealer's giving you a pamphlet for aa like you know like so i i'm like okay i must be Maybe it's like a T-shirt with a CD on it because that'd be cool, you know. So I click on it, and no, Spotify's got this new platform now, like a merch thing where you can actually order through partners. You can order CDs.
0: Like, That's going in a strange direction. That is direction. strange,
1: isn't it? I was like, what's what's going on here? You know. So. I'm I'm not an analyst, I'm not really in the industry to to like, I I can't tell you why that happened. My own opinion is that I think they're realizing that (sighs) the margins are so slim on streaming that there was some value in selling physical music, you know, vinyls. I mean, at first, vinyls were like, you know, kitschy and like, oh, wow, yeah, I've got a single coming out of my vinyl, bro, you know? But to go back to CDs, that is just like, wow, what a 360. You know. But to answer your question, um. Oh my God, you
0: know what that means. What? You know what that means, man. What does it mean, man? Blockbuster's coming back. (laughs) Netflix is going out of business. I know. Wouldn't that be so ironic? (laughs) That'd be so ironic. (laughs) I mean, do you know there is a show about. Blockbuster on a Netflix channel. No something. way.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> and it's going to like flip over now. Oh Crazy. my word. Look what's going on. In fact, have you seen the trend? Things what? are going on its head. um There was a report that was done that showed okay. that because margins and the way the, the, the tech industry has con- right. convoluted the technology and innovation, Airbnb, for example, has become a hotel. And hotels are actually better than Airbnbs today. Yeah. because of what's happened yeah right you know the story Airbnb, you get what a hotel gives you they charge you for cleaning but they're gonna but they ask you to clean the house they ask you to put the things away at the hotel you don't have to do that at a hotel they'll do it for you so you see airbnb is, is losing its value in that sense it's happening to uber as well uber is now charging more than regular taxis True. so things are flipping on its head and i think what you are saying and alluded to is this a flip over that's happening?
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, I've always been like a grumpy man, as you know from our WhatsApp chats. um And I've never been one to jump on trends. I'm always like the late adopter, really. Like, I don't think there's ever been one trend that came out where I, you know, not even a series on Netflix that came out and I watched it that year. Like, I, I think I watched Breaking Bad, like, five or six years after it came out that's how bad it was but anyway my point is um, I just find it interesting that you know people make such a big fuss out of these big like oh my gosh streaming's gonna kill the CD and they talk about it and they act like it happens and then the market the market is sort of like you know you're kind of you know or, or like capitalism or I don't know whatever you want to call it the, the market just kind of sits there silently with this drink and it just comes back in its own way because the market behaves in its own way outside of hype and what people think. And yep. I, I really don't know. I don't think maybe Demi Lovato is killing it on CD sales. I really don't know the margins. I don't know the numbers. But I just think like, wow, that is a cool thing. Anyway, back to your question. Your question. I see. I've. I've. Um, I'll tell you about some of the apps that I have worked with. There's this app called. It's like a. It's like an editing and mixing app. It's basically like logic on your phone. It is cool. I mean, you can you can record. I, can, I just can't remember the name, but you can record. You can produce music on your phone, and it's got sample library, and it's got you know, it's got a sequence. It's got everything. You know, you can even uh, plug in your instruments and everything. Um, and there's obviously you know, I'm a huge I'm a huge fan and user of spotify you know i've got my own music up on spotify i've i've got um, a distributor account on on the Kids, so i you know my music goes out to everything out there even title no it's not on title but anyway my point is i have no problem with the current state of music the music industry uh there are some really cool things happening with software you know like uh like i love Soundhound or Shazam, you know those that kind of stuff like the AI. And I haven't. Here's the ironic thing: I actually haven't written a lot of code with to do with music. And it's not because I didn't want. Is it? No, that's not honest. I don't know. It just never occurred to me because I I think in my mind music and code were always separate. You know, it was always separate. They were two separate worlds. And I'm also still, like I said, I'm a purist and a, I'm a grumpy, grumpy old man, not that old. But, you know, I've got a grumpy attitude to music and production. And so I like analog stuff. I like working with instruments and, and, and you know, in, like live instruments and live music and all that stuff. And then, ironically enough, recently I started producing drill, UK drill. So I'm, <laughs> I'm a man of dichotomies, <laughs> so I don't know. But my point is that I think I flirted with an idea to. Um, did I ever tell you that I, I we like I won a hackathon with some people and we got some time with an incubator? Did I ever tell you about that?
0: No, tell me more. Oh, what is this? Damn.
1: I think it was like four years ago, three years ago. I can't remember. So three or four years ago. I did a bit more hackathons than i do now and i went to this one hackathon at kth which is one of the big um universities here in stockholm and there was a company there that was sponsoring a hackathon and it's basically like a sort of like a experience like they they had the software that helps you capture like live um, experiences from a crowd at a live event like a, a, a gig or a corporate thing you know like you can engage so sort of like it's a way to get people's engagement at an event that doesn't involve social media it's on the platform very cool product it's unfortunately no longer and it's no longer functional it's no longer live but anyway my point is I, I i just like let me just go try out this hackathon and i'm you know it was fun And I think I did one, we didn't get anywhere. The second one, we came, we didn't win the, like the main prize, but we won time, like FaceTime with an incubator here in Stockholm. Uh, We had an idea. I can't remember what the idea was now. Something to do with music. I'll try to remember what it was. No, something to do with games. Sorry. It was something to do with games i'll i'll think i'll remember it in a minute anyway so we, we we started working on this thing it was me this woman and i think we were three people one woman and two guys and we got like two meetings with this incubator uh like and this is like a, this is i, I was thought like okay maybe this is like you know something you know like a constellation prize <laughs> you know a participation trophy but no, this was serious. They expected us to prepare and bring a pitch. And they walked us through the lean startup, you know, the lean startup matrix thingy. And, um, and they were like, listen, if you work on this, you, you might have something. Because the idea is original. And I mean, that coming from an incubator that listened to, you know, what, hundreds, thousands of pitches or whatever. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> you know? Unfortunately, two other people had to, they dropped out. They were both, I think both were students. And I think they also realized that this was serious and they were like, okay, no, can't do this. And I just didn't feel ready to build this, build a product, um, not in terms of scale, but, but you know, this, this required like real know-how, you know, real, I think it was something games and music. I can't, no, no, it was, and I remember now it was a game And then when I went to another company, I think I had a meeting with another company, they had the incubator told me to go meet somebody. They told me, why don't you pivot to music if that's what you love, you know? That's how it came about. But anyway, that was a a strange uh, tangent, but um, yeah. It all began
0: with Demi Lovato.
1: Yeah, we started from Demi Lovato, we ended up at incubator. (laughs) This is a true conversation. Yeah, so um, anyway, I think yeah the, i had that meeting with this other team or company and they told me about well why don't you do something with midi or music and i looked into, i mean there's crazy amounts of libraries now on github like crazy stuff you know just really cool things but i don't know i have never it's never appealed to me mm. and and people and you know what it's a completely logical thing to ask me because you know i'm a musician and i actually know people who let's say they program their own synthesizers with uh, Arduino. Like they build their own synthesizers or they uh, they make music and then they write some code, they write controller, you know, people do some cool stuff with tech and music. But for me, I I keep them separate, you know, maybe because I don't need to reconcile them in that way. You know, I don't need to do something with both of them in order for both of them to feel valid. I do I do like, you know, when, I, when I'm when i in a production cycle and I'm working on a song, you know, I block time out in my schedule, I put deadlines, I, I have checklists, you know, I turn off my phone, fo- I put my phone on airplane mode and I, I really go into the studio, my home studio and I work, like really, really work, you know? So I, I, you know, and when I'm in that mode, I am now Mina, the musician, the artist, the producer, you know, I'm there. Um, perhaps maybe I'll, I'll at some point I'll think of a, an interesting idea or problem that I want to solve with code, but right now I think the last part of my answer is that, which makes me an, an anomalous software engineer. I don't think everything, I don't think all problems need to be solved with code. I don't want to bring uh, a smartphone or microprocessors into every part of my life you know like I don't want to have like a you know a a USB-C ready um, Bluetooth uh, (laughs) I don't know um, NFC guitar or a synthesizer I I still want to have cables and I still want to have like hardware and I still want to have the, the, the tactile experience of, like, holding an instrument and working with keys. Uh, I think even the idea of cables for me, there's something, not nostalgic, there's just something real about it, physical. There's a physicality to to this music thing. Um, and I think, in general, I think you, what you've alluded to also is that there is this, this seems to be this really strange, inscrutable, like, swing back to analog in some ways like CDs vinyls people wanting to have vintage gear you know uh, but yeah in general I just I, I think there's probably problems to be solved in music whether production or songwriting or comp- composition or business and there's always going to be a dude out there who's going to solve it or or women dudes men and women you know <laughs> both but um, in my case I don't feel the need to solve anything you know like recently uh, maybe before the summer i took my guitar out i i live by a forest here so <laughs> for, for the woods for, i'll be for, back to the woods for, again for
2: context of the woods is a it's an inside joke in our friends group which we will not explain because it's very long and the movie cabin in the
0: woods was inspired by mina's experiences
2: <laughs> anyway i went
1: i went out into the woods that i live by <laughs> And there's this open plain behind the woods. And I sat there um, and I played, I can't remember now, it might have been an hour or 45, I don't really remember. And you know, the thing about when I play music, especially when I play and I, I sing and I play one of my songs or I practice, I'm still me, the coder, but it's a different part of me that's being expressed. You know, and I sometimes like, especially if I'm practicing, if I'm really practicing, you know, that I need. To, I I have my metronome. I have a timer because I have a, I have, a, I have a, I've learned how to practice in an effective way. You know, to learn and to practice in an effective way. So I have, I might have a couple of phones because I have one phone that has a metronome, another phone that has a timer. You know, but when it comes to just like the music being play or writing, I like to have a pen and paper. I like to my phone being off and it's just me and the guitar and my voice. You know. Well
0: there is a trend. It is is a trend. trend People are going back to it. I mean, not just the CDs, people are seeking human connections with their art.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And and you know, I used to be the judgy type. I used to be totally the judgy type. Yeah, man, if you're not analog, you're you're a loser. And now I'm like, no. It's you know, I'm also older. I'm forty one, you know. Um I really did grow up in an analog age you know I I actually I'm probably I grew up on the cusp between analog and digital and a lot of people in their 20s even in people in their late 20s early 30s they pretty much grew up digital you know they recognize more online social media culture than they did analog culture you know so for me like I don't need to I don't want to bring in it's cool to go to a music shop and see like you know I don't know uh Electronic drum kit. I think they're awesome. Would I learn the drums on an electronic drum kit? No. (laughs) I still want to go and buy like a a real drum kit and learn, you know. So, um, yeah, the there's probably going to be a guy solving some problem in in music with code. Maybe I'll be me. Maybe not. I I think today, like a lot of the ideas, I have a couple of product ideas that I've been mulling over for years now, and they're nothing to do with music. And not because it's like a conscious choice. It's just, there have been like problems that I've wanted to solve or ideas that I've had, and, you know? I, I just never felt the, it's never been like a compulsion. I have to make code and music work together. Some people, I, I've met people who, who might come from a similar story like me, you know, they got into tech because of extenuating circumstances, right? And in order to reconcile, they had to find a way to make it together. And I think, I mean, I, you knew me back in the, in the OOs, you know, that I was doing that in the beginning. I was, I was like on a, you know, I was like Kiefer Sutherland in 24. I was on a, I was on a timer, you know, I was on a, I was on a deadline. I need to make this work financially. And after a while, I just let go of that. Like, I don't need to make it financially it doesn't have to pay bills it doesn't even have to get me pocket money it just needs to be a practice like today I and it's something that I've also brought into my code today code for me is not just a profession it's like today when I say the word profession it doesn't mean that it's it's my job that pays my bills it's my profession means it's my trade it's my craft I like that word craft you know it's like being a carpenter or a or a cobbler or a tailor it requires understanding of the materials understanding of the process your own experience how to be creative think outside the box deal with people you know that's how that's how and i think that's one of the really sad like i'd say losses of the the digital age that we we don't we don't respect like crafts you know everything is because everything is quick you know we get everything quick you know food is food is quick and we don't really know what went into like the food you know making production of food or whatever it is we just consume we don't we're not involved in anything else except the product right so yeah i i today like and you know this is one of the 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 challenges i have in my work right now is that because i've it's and it's 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 prime, not primarily, it is solely because I've done all this work on myself, you know, today because I really, really care about the code that I write and I don't want to write shit hot code. I just want to write good code according to the criteria I explained earlier. You know, if you work with somebody who's just a coder, you know how they say, it? maybe you've seen this on, on, on the internet, like the difference between a coder and an engineer or a programmer and engineer, you know. I actually believe there's a lot of truth in that. Some people just code because they code. And I say that, full disclosure, because I used to be a coder. I used to be like, this works. This is okay. It's like, but Mina, there's like 17 lines of, you know, just do die. Like, you know, it's okay, it works. It's okay, you know? And I used to be like that. And now I'm like, man, I was such an ass. <laughs> it's just horrible. It's just, it's tough, you know, it's tough to work with people like that. Because also, you know, just like applying spiritual principles to things, I can't change anybody, especially at work. You can't change people. You know, you can talk to people, you can model, you can have meetings, you can bring things up, sprint retros, and you know, if you work agile, you can talk about things openly. But if a, a man or a woman doesn't want to change the way they do something, you're never going to change them. Even if you have an incentive of a boss, like even if the boss, right. Comes in and says, okay, guys, we're going to follow Mina's uh, directives. And we're going to write this code in this way. It's just, people don't change that way. You know, that's been my experience. Like I changed in code and tech because I needed to change, you know, I'd say like my My awakening of me realizing I needed to do something different. It actually, ironically enough, 2015, the year before I left South Africa, you know, that was a long time ago. That was seven years ago, you know, but it took seven years for the cycle to to complete, complete, you know, for it to, for me to really change, you know, and so, and change is, really have not just have to like have to is not even the thing you you have to want to change you know even if you know okay i need to change because i won't get a better job or i won't get a better this better whatever but if you don't change if you don't want to change you're never gonna change so i used to be that i used to be that that guy in the workplace where i would i was very aggressive you know we're gonna do it this way and then write like an email or you know issue like issue with a, a tome or edict right it's like I mean, we will now do it in this way you know but that's not how people are people don't change like that people will change if they want to change
0: this reminds me of all the religious texts and all the lessons and all the gurus they've been listening to and they say
1: the same thing you know let's just let's take a real example okay so uh for all all the listeners here right uh, you are now, uh, you listeners and me and Vijay, were are one of a fictitious company named Manoja.
0: Manoja. I like it. I love it.
1: Manoja. And, um, and we're all coders in this <laughs> very bloated <laughs> on HR costs <laughs> startup called Manoja, right? Anyway, so, you know, we're all a bunch of coders and, you know, Let's say Vijay's been working he's been a coder now 25 years. 25 years is a long time in the tech world, that's a long time. So you've been writing let's say you started off like you said pa- Pascal and then you went to Cobalt uh, wait Pascal and then you went to C and then you went to C++ and you maybe worked in C++ alone 10 years. So you are like in certain circles of the tech world you are like you're a dude. Like that is serious work to be a C++ programmer, right? And then to be competitive, you maybe pivoted to C-sharp or Java to get more lucrative Java, jo- uh, banking jobs or fintech jobs, okay? And then you ended up at Minoja, the startup with me and a bunch of other listeners here in this fictitious company. So you've been working 25 years. You've been coding in a certain way and you've been influenced by C++ and Pascal and Cobol and C and all this stuff. When you come into a, a, a 2022 startup, right? We're building a, let's say you we're building a backend in uh, Go. Let's just pick something. Go and uh, a, a, a TypeScript frontend in React. And we're going to have a, no, not Go. Let's just say uh, a Java, Spring Boot Java backend, an API. There's a Postgres database, you know, like a pretty simple web app, right? Now you've been coding like that for 25 years. You've been coding in the way that you've been coding for 25 years, okay? And in this epic that we're working on, you get a task where you say, you know what, Mina, I wanna, I wanna write some TypeScript. I'm like, sure, I don't mind, you know? And so you Vijay being this dude, you send in a PR, right, in GitHub and you've got you've written a whole bunch of java code for the back end you wrote me you then you wrote a bunch of uh, typescript for the front end right you know and i come back with some comments <laughs> you know like if you thought oh interesting why did you do this you know or uh, why have you not why are you using single letter variables whatever i'm i am amplifying for dramatic effect but anyway do you honestly think me as a person, I'm going to change you Vijay, who's been working in the, in the industry for 25 years, I'm going to change you overnight or not even overnight, over six months, a year to change how you code. I used to think that was possible. <laughs> like TLDR, spoiler alert. I used to think it was possible, but when I, when I grew up and you know, smell the coffee, it doesn't work that way. People don't change unless they want to change. Even if they've read hundreds of articles on LinkedIn, you know, even if they, I don't know, they check Slashdot and uh, what's that thing called Hacker News every day. They read all the, they get into flame wars on the, you know, the comments. If you don't want to change the way you do stuff, you're not going to change, you know. So it's informed a a more hands-off approach when it comes to working in teams. Like, okay, this guy works in this way. I accept it. Don't think it's great. Kind of annoying code to review, or work with, or debug, or refactor. But you know what? It seems like I've spoken to him now about X issue four times, and he doesn't want it. To, he doesn't want to fix it. And am I going to be the douchebag who's going to escalate it? No. I, I used to. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you all of my horrible secrets. I mean, not like escalate. You know, like you know not start wars but like I would, I would go to the manager and say hey i don't know how to solve this
0: wait are you saying you're the guy who goes on github and sends it to grab hub
1: no 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 that oh wow i didn't even know Ooh, what's wait what's grab hub
0: github you know what's github is yeah. grab hub is the uber, like uber eats like food Grubhub.
1: oh right.
0: so github to grab hub it's a joke it was. It really
2: was. You're back in the mind. Interjection intermission <laughs> time. Ter- this is like
0: a Bollywood movie, this podcast. So I have to like do a Bollywood intermission.
2: And then and now for a dance
0: number. now for a dance sequence while Mina thinks about his next sentence. <laughs>
2: yeah. Okay. Yeah, so so you know, I used to
1: be- and it's not it wasn't out of malice, it was because I cared. But I cared in my own way, given what I knew and who I I was and what I valued, what I deemed to be important, you know, but today, you know, you work with somebody, you realize, okay, this is how he is in this thing. Okay. This is what he does. He thinks this is, this is cool. This is okay. So he takes responsibility. I'm not getting involved in it. I step away. If there's an avenue or a forum to talk about it, like a, a retro or a, you know way of working meeting okay we can do it
0: you mean 4chan
1: <laughs> yeah like internal work works 4chan. <laughs> yeah this guy is terrible no you know something like if you're working agile you'll have like a, a sprint retro and a review and you know all of these tools that you have in, in agile but you know i've learned now that you can raise something raise it as an issue if the team wants to fix it they fix it. If They don't want to fix it. You let go. You go like this. My, I have a friend. I love him. He, he, he. And I thought he was just being dramatic. No, but he's, he's, he's enacting a mental attitude, which is okay. Now I step away. He does that. He just goes like that, you know, and that means I'm stepping away. Now. This is your stuff, not mine. You take care. So if, if a, if a call, co- if a coworker doesn't want to change something, I leave it now. I don't even bring it up sometimes at meetings. And it's not because I don't care. It's because I don't think I'm going to affect the change that I want to happen. And perhaps it's not my call. I just have to live with it. And then, you know, in terms of like personal responsibility as an adult, as a grown man, I'm like, okay, I have two choices. I either stay and accept or I move on. Can I stay and accept? Cool. I stay and accept, but then I have to stay and accept and not be resentful. Right? Or if I can't stay and accept and, and be th- and be grateful without resentment, right, then I move on. But in both modes, I have to be, I have to take responsibility, right? right. And, you know, wonders of wonder, wonder of wonders. It works because it doesn't mean that you don't get frustrated. It just means that you, you maintain a more realistic um, posture, you know? It's like, okay, cool. It's fine. This is okay. This is, you know, the, the dog, the dog meme. This is fine in the fire. And it's not because it's a fire. It's just like, oh, this is fine. It's okay. You know, and. I get Final anecdote for this question. Uh, at my last project, I worked with a guy who. You know. He was happy with the way he did stuff. He was very happy with it. And As. As I was um, rolling off the project, can't remember what it was. It was something small. What was it now? Oh, so this is a convention in TypeScript, especially in Angular, where if a method is uh, public, if you don't if you don't say public, like you just leave it out, just say method name, you know, and then the definition, the, the the interface, whatever, whatever. You know what I mean. You know, everybody knows it's public now. Even Angular accepts it's public. But like best practices within um, Angular is that you, I believe, I, please don't report me to Todd Morrow. But I think that best practices that you say public, even if it's understood to be public. And I learned this. I actually got this as a comment in a review, a PR review. And I was like, you know what? It's a little more characters to write, but I think it's a good idea. And I pitched it to my, my, co- my then coworker he's like, this is just ridiculous. This is ridiculous. It's just, you know, overkill. And then out of nowhere, towards the end of the project, before I rolled off, he submitted a PR.
2: I'm like, hold on, he's got public on all of his methods.
1: (laughs) Now for our listeners, this is a very like, such a a petty example, but for me, it was fascinating. I was like, oh my God, he actually, he's changing. He actually sees the point now of putting public, you know, making it clear that this is a public method. Now, in the scheme of things, this is a very like small delta, right? This is not a huge, but for me, I was like, wow, this guy changed over time, over maybe, we're talking six months. That's a long time, right? But he was open to the idea that maybe there's some value in putting public in front of your method. And just imagine, I just that's just to change somebody how they write method names. Now, imagine if you want to tell somebody, I think your indentation sucks. <laughs> how long would it take them to change that? You know?
0: And this is a definition of build in public.
1: Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, I, I might be hitting my stride in my 40s, to be very honest with you.
0: Uh, I mean, look. Coding in your 40s is something. Because I know at this age, coders brush their teeth with hummus. You all know this, right? Of course. This is the time when things start to change. I mean, I heard a guy say, he's so old. Coding, his recursive function wasn't returning anymore. You know what I'm saying?
2: (laughs) There was no base case. There was
0: no. It's like, I sent it out. Boomerang went one way. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. I get it. I get it. You know, things are changing. I get it. But here's the thing. Isn't the ageism... A problem. Are you experiencing ageism being a coder in the forties?
1: Mm. That's a great question. Wow. Um, I don't I wouldn't say ageism. I think I think what I've noticed most is when you work with people who have under 10 years experience. So anywhere in the let's say two to five. I would say even two to eight range so two to eight let's just let's 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 be real okay so we're 2020 so if you've got six years of experience you started coding in 2014 right 2014 i had already been working for 10 years okay and i just want to make a disclaimer here i am not like i'm not one of those dudes that like oh you know years of experience means you're great some people have been coding for 30 years you look at their code like please go and you know flip burgers please stop writing code right (laughs) but let's just say so a guy has been coding since 2014 what was happening in, in, in tech in 2014 2014 Facebook was already pretty much established right yeah it was you know we were well into the digital age we're well into the smartphone era so we're well into the YouTube era right um, I think Stack Overflow has already been around for at least a good six, seven years, even eight years, if I'm not mistaken. I think Joel Spolsky launched it sometime in the, I think he launched in 2005 or 2006. I was actually around when Stack Overflow came into life. That's how old I am. <laughs> anyway, my point is, when you look at like how these people started learning coding, you know, they probably went to university. Okay. They came out of university. They started working with the technologies that are out in the market right so they learned about java for example or they went to a one of those uh, boot camps right they learned html and javascript and css and then they started working now there's a, an advantage and a disadvantage with that the advantage is that they learned the thing that they're going to work with and then they go out and they work with the thing that they learned so it's a pretty simple linear they didn't have to learn anything else you know they didn't have to learn like maybe you and i did like the osi you remember the osi model and you know like binary they just learned like these are the elements of programming this is html or if they did back end this is java right java even whatever seven eight something i'm not very good at java so they come into a world that is i mean it's well resourced. Even in 2014, you've got Stack Overflow, right? YouTube, I wasn't really on Twitter tech-wise back in 2014. I would imagine it was still pretty active, you know? You know, they came in pretty well resourced. They can find stuff easily. Now, with me and other people in my age bracket, you know, we we had to learn programming, not just like with less resources, but we the resources weren't rich like today, you know, YouTube today for coders, I actually now go on YouTube before I go on Stack Overflow. Seriously. Because it's visual, it's, it's audio and visual and I can pause and code. And sometimes, and the fact that I don't copy and paste makes me think more, you know, makes me learn more than just copy and pasting for Stack Overflow. So just by the virtue of how we started coding, how we learned, how we solve problems and debugged and troubleshooted, shot, trouble you know, it gave us a wider perspective, not because we're better and not because we're older, just because of the, f- the pure circumstances of how we worked. Right. But when you look at people who, you know, started coding in the last eight, six to eight years, I can't say I'm not being grumpy. It's not because it's easier, but you know. Things, the tools are better. The, the resources are better. The ID, even the IDEs are better. I mean, I, I started using VS Code like two years ago. I mean, VS Code is incredible. It is. It's an awesome IDE. I didn't. You know, before VS Code, I was still coding in in Atom. I don't know if you have you ever used Atom? It's a Facebook heard code. It's, yeah, a Facebook tool. It's a great IDE, but it's actually more of a text editor. You know. But when I went to VS Code, I'm like, oh, my God, this is what an IDE is supposed to be like, you know, linting and integrating Docker and, and you know, getting all of your um, syntax highlighting and all that stuff, all the stuff that you want in an IDE, you know, now for, for people who've started coding in the last five, six years, it's de facto. It's like, oh, yeah, of course, you know, IntelliJ, uh, JetBrains, whatever. But for people who are older, we appreciate it in a different way because we remember when we used to write code in TextPad or Notepad, which is how I started. And I did it because I didn't know about anything else. <laughs> and I also went through a, a snob phase where I was like, you're only a true HTML coder if you write in Notepad, which is just terrible today. It's so like, my God, I was so obnoxious. <laughs> why, did, why did anybody pay me? I was obnoxious. <laughs> so... um Yeah, I mean, so I I think there's just like a general, sometimes people think that like, if you're older, you're not with it. It's not an ageism. They don't come on and say, oh, okay, boomer, you know, but they'll just kind of be like, why do you have to make it complicated? Like, let me give you a a real, real example. Work with this guy. I think he had, I think he's been around, been coding for like four or five years, but he's really good though. I have to say like, really, really good sharp, you know, and because I come with that member that wider perspective, I was doing a PR review. And I'm not be I wasn't trying to be pretentious or obnoxious. It just came out of me naturally, you know, like, because I'm trying to push, push myself in this direction of the engineer I want to be. So I said to him, Hey, have you thought about I mentioned a design pattern? Do you remember design patterns? Did you ever study Oh, them? no. Okay. So Design no, Patterns is this book called The Gang of Four who wrote this very old textbook, uh, seven like these big software design patterns that are used to solve problems, okay? It used to be a big thing. I think it's become less common. I think it's now more backend end. But anyway, my point is sometimes when I'm looking at code, sometimes, not all the time, I don't have that brain, but I'll look at something and go, this can be resolved with a design pattern, right? So I just, I think it was in in a comment. I said, have you thought about using this design pattern? Okay. Now the guy came back and said, what's the design pattern, <laughs> which <laughs> confused me. And I was, I'm very grateful that I didn't become like an old fart boomer. I explained to him what a design pattern was, and then he looked at me. I think it was sort of like an okay boomer look, you know, he's like, but why would I even think about that? It works. And it's not, it wasn't a moment of ageism, but it was like a moment of two eras of coding meeting. I think I would, I'm, I'm trying to be humble here and say, I think I understand, understand his perspective. I wouldn't say he really understood mine. I don't think he really saw me. He thought I was being like a pedantic, grumpy old fart you know um, And I think that's what I sometimes come up against, you know because even though I with my youthful young looks, you know, um, absolutely yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you as I move my non-existent hair behind my ears. Um, no, you know I, I people sometimes are surprised that I'm in my 40s, you know they think I, I'm younger. But then when we start working together, I realize, yeah, I, I've got a different view on this, you know, um, I've become a lot more mindful, so I'm aware, I, I try to be aware as, as much as I can of what I say, how I say it, you know, I, I think nowadays people are just so, it's, people are just so well resourced, like the resources are rich, you know, like even the, do you, have you ever used site? That uh, learning it, yes. platform, yeah. I mean, uh, the courses it, yeah. on there are incredible. They're really, really high quality, like really great stuff. And I, and when I compare it with like the tutorials that you would get back in two thousand and four, two thousand and five, my God, what, it, what an incredible development, you know. So no, it's not ageism. I'm sure, like maybe, I think if I had gone to like you know a startup. Where there's like all twenty year olds, yeah maybe. It's like who's this who's this old fart, you know? But in my case, I don't know. I don't I I don't see age, PJ.
0: <laughs> oh, are you like the guy who says I don't see color?
1: <laughs> no, I was making fun of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's my answer to your question it's only cool. about three three and a half days long
0: okay so we only like halfway through the podcast, now <laughs> right, exactly. podcast now. I am now on question three <laughs> <laughs> no man this has been an amazing insightful chat about a newfound profession a, a, a profession that you have taken seriously in you found your tribe I think you found your tribe and you're owning it you're owning your situation and I think that's the important thing here and that's what I was mentioning all the religious texts all the gurus are talking about all they're saying in all the books from Bhagavad Gita to all the books yeah. that are sitting in the Mormons, I'm sure yeah. is taking responsibility for your action and you have no business to change other people your, your job is to become the best you
1: I appreciate those words thank you and I'll close and I will be brief. I promise. It will only be about seven days in my closing go. remarks. Um, now, I appreciate those words. And yeah, I, I would say that, you know, this is what the world says. If you're in your 40s and you're in tech, you should be a product manager, a project manager, people manager, you know, like you should be management. You know, it's, it's less common to be a coder coding in your 40s, you know, A lot of the uh, scale-ups nowadays have like uh, engineering tracks. They'll be like um, software engineer, senior software engineer, principal architect, you know, because a lot of people don't want to go into management. For now, I'd say I'm going to stick with coding. I don't know. You know, I used to be not open to management. I've realized recently that I can work with people. You know, I've learned how to be comfortable in my own skin so I can work with other people. Maybe I'll have a knack managing people. I don't know. If, what I kind can tell of you one I'll thing. Be,
0: considering the comments that you were telling me that you were making in the code and making the suggestions to the coders, yeah, and all the other options where you mentioned about using these frameworks,
1: uh-huh.
0: you are growing into a classic product manager.
1: Oh, I don't know whether to be a product a manager. Flattered or, does or insulted. That. <laughs> a product okay. manager
0: says, "Coder A, use this framework so that coder B can understand." What code a is doing so that you and you code it in the same style you use okay. public so that you use public so that both of you can understand right. code it is a framework in in the system that you've created gotcha. product managers create that so that multiple coders from different locations language barriers can talk together yeah so that you prioritize goals not the code so the goals are the ones where you discuss what you need to do yeah yeah
1: yeah. No, I'm open to it. I've, I've left that door open. I used to keep it shut, sealed shut. And now I'm like, oh, I can be a jar. I don't have to explore it right now. I've got a, like a curiosity about it. But um, yeah, like, if there's any like, yeah, I, I think that you can you can take something that was fraught with problems or challenges and you can you can really surrender it to a process of change and renewal it just involves a lot of work you know I did not get to this place today by sitting uh you know sitting on a beach in Bali and and, and listening to meditations on calm like this is a lot of work a lot a lot of work and a lot of it is like hor- not horrible it's difficult work because you have to sit with yourself as you're going through it you don't know where you're going but I can assure anybody who's been in tech for a while and it's not sure about it or maybe he's like hitting middle age and whatever tech can be a really great profession and you know just the world we live in now it's a phew, damn it's it's a hot currency you know so <clears throat> but jay it was great um having this chat i'm really happy that you have me on i'm also very happy that i'm not Traumatized by too many of your terrible jokes.
2: I think oh, minus I one is list. is a is a decent I have score. A list.
1: Oh shoot! I think <laughs> I have a list. We could go through. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was great talking to you. Great topic, and I'm yeah. It was a really it was a real honor and privilege to be on this podcast.
0: Thanks so much. I think it has been a wonderful discussion. You've actually opened up about a lot of things. You made your code. On GitHub, your 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 soul has been on GitHub. That's what you've Damn. done.
1: Right? I checked in my code on GitHub.
0: <laughs> yeah, you checked awesome. in your soul on GitHub. That's that what you did.
1: Cool. i You that. allowed
0: people to make comments on it, but awesome. in a nice way.
1: Awesome.
0: Yes, yeah. awesome. and I like that. And I love the direction that you're in, and it's amazing that we're growing together, you, finding I'm out sorry. all of these, all through the humps. You know, seeing amazing growth, and this has been a fantastic podcast. You've been listening to VJV, if you're still listening after all this time, this has been VJV with Meena Damien. And we've been talking about coding beyond your 40s because you know what we do beyond your 40s? We talk a lot. We do. You know, we become those guys where we, we have, have a insane, lot to say.
2: Insatiable desire for talking.
0: <laughs> insatiable desire to share an opinion. I mean, if it's not 4chan, it's on a podcast. That's exactly. how it is.
2: Awesome.
0: Thanks for joining the chat And I appreciate you having on the show. Appreciate you too, man.